0: You hear the music, you know the show. You listen to Ray Ellis Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. And uh, what matters to me, well, um, I get a chance uh, this week to to be a homer. And I was uh, pretty excited last night to watch the Philadelphia Eagles uh, do their thing on Monday Night Football and beat the Washington Redskins and take total control of the NFC East and perhaps maybe uh, the NFC Conference. So uh pretty excited for me to have an opportunity to be a homer and uh stick my chest out this week. So that that's what matters to me. Uh got my man on the line with me. I'm sure there's some different things that matter to him. But uh Will, you there with me? Yes, sir. How's it going, right? Oh, going good, man. Um I promised uh before, and, and uh, even when uh, you and I first talked about you coming on a weekly basis, we are going to talk about some things that are certainly important to the foundation of my life, is that's what's going on back there in the state of Ohio. Uh was like the Buckeyes, we can start off with the Buckeyes, uh, that certainly matters to me. Uh, they got a week of rest and some additional uh, film work uh, that they got a chance to, to to review, as I'm sure they, like I, watched uh, Penn State beat up on that team up north. So uh, how are things uh looking this week for the Buckeyes back there? And uh, what have you heard about their preparation and their approach to, to this week's uh, matchup coming up with uh, Penn State?
1: Well, um, Buckeyes are doing well, right? As you said, they, they had a bye last week, which was perfect timing. Directly in the middle of the season, they had some uh, guys that were a little nicked up uh Paris Campbell, uh, Jalen Holmes, a couple other guys that uh, really used the week to uh get over some uh some injuries and as well as some other guys as, as well. You don't play, you know, high profile college football and not have a little a nick here and there. So good for them to uh get some rest and get some uh practice time where the, the focus wasn't necessarily on an opponent, but the focus was on themselves to clean up any uh, areas of uh of concern for Coach Meyer and his staff and uh good week of, of doing that and as you said at the weekend to uh watch a tremendous uh performance by uh, James Franklin's Penn State Nitt- Nittany Lions over that uh, team up north. So uh game day college game days in Columbus and you know anytime college game day is in the building that's uh the pretty much the high profile game of the weekend, they'll be here, Herbie and his crew will be here uh live from the horseshoe on Saturday. So uh, it's the end of October and, and things are turning here in Ohio.
0: Yeah, you, you mentioned a uh, time for, for guys to heal uh, a little bit. And um, uh, one thing that I, I thought uh, there was some healing uh, that needed to be done in terms of the process of just uh, JT Bear's work, uh, he certainly uh, had time to um, to get better as, this, as the season has gone on. I think JT has improved tremendously and he's starting to look like the quarterback that I thought he had the ability to be. What, what do you think about JT?
1: I do. I, I agree. And we, we've talked about it uh, before, right? This is, uh, JT is a three-year starter, uh, but this is his third offensive coordinator as well, his third system that he's learning as well. He came in under Tom Herman uh, his freshman year, he set uh I believe 33 Big Ten records on his way uh, to leading the Buckeyes to the national championship before he got hurt against that team up north. At Cardale Jones took the baton and, and finished the, the race. Uh, then uh, Tom Herman leaves, and Tim Beck and Ed Warner took over, who kind of had some, uh, some struggles under that, that regime. And now you have the combination of uh, Kevin Wilson and uh, Ryan Day. Ryan Davis is full-time quarterback coach, and that's one thing JT has not had since Tom Herman left. Is a full-time quarterback coach that's strictly to work with him. The offensive coordinator works with the entire offense, but that quarterback coach is key. And now you're seeing the fruits of that labor uh, producing and wins over Army, UNLV, uh, Rutgers, and, and Nebraska. JT is really beginning to hit that stride, and Quite honestly, in perfect timing that you have Penn State coming in here this weekend.
0: Well, certainly privately, if not publicly, there have been some whispers, perhaps maybe about perhaps maybe uh, Urban, you know, having a little chink in his armor. Do you think it was Urban, or do you think it basically was the uh, the adjustment of having the various coordinators and quarterback coaches that was uh, JT's problem?
1: Yeah, I think it was uh, just someone strictly working with JT. As far as uh, whispers on, on Urban Meyer, uh, not in Columbus, Ohio, I'll say that um, publicly at least. As you mentioned, maybe privately some uh, water cooler talk or some um, some uh, lower level basement talk, if you will, amongst friends. But I mean, Urban Meyer is what sixty sixty eight and seven, I believe. to that point, I just I saw something earlier this week that's Pretty profound when you think about it. Uh, Jim Harbaugh, who's catching quite a bit of heat up uh, up north, is six and five in his last eleven games, whereas Urban Meyer has lost five games in the last four seasons combined. So you know it's not a a a big concern after the Oklahoma game, but of course you know everyone was uh, ready to jump into the Olathe River, as you well know. Feeling yeah, but I, I would say schools. as a
0: rebuttal to that, I think the bar has been raised for for Urban, and and the bar basically is is Nick, and and it's not necessarily Harbaugh, it's it's Nick Saban. Sure,
1: uh, and Nick he has Nick Saban's number. I mean, the last uh, at Florida, you know, Alabama could not get past Urban Meyer, and the last time uh, Alabama played Ohio State in the uh, national semifinal the Sugar Bowl a few years back. Urban Meyer got the best of Nick Saban there as well, so you know that's on down the line, and that's something that that uh, Urban Meyer certainly is is aspiring to uh, to get back to, you know. But as he mentioned yesterday in his weekly uh, press conference with the media, he's focused right now on revenge with Penn State, and he gave you know Saquon Barkley as well. He should have you know all of the credit and all of the props in the world as the tremendous talent that he is. As well as Trace McSorley, James Franklin, and uh, everyone else in, in uh, State State College, Pennsylvania. But uh, that being said, in you know, Meyer is still focused on, and I don't I don't know that uh, anything would 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 come against or stop him from the the ultimate goal, which is to continue to pound the path of a national championship here for the uh, Buckeyes.
0: Yeah, anything short of that, uh, you know, we've grown accustomed to, to missing the mark. Anything short of that uh, that playoff after, of course, uh, gaining the crown of the first ever college football playoff and, and winning that national championship in, in a playoff uh, environment. Um, so that, that's something that, of course, I'm sure you and myself as well as all Buckeye fans are, are hoping um, that that is always the goal and Not just to capture uh, the Big Ten championship or to beat that team up north, but we'll basically have have raised the goals, and and the goal is to to get the chip or bust. So uh, that's good to hear. So no, so no, no injuries we should be concerned about. So we're going into this game fully healthy, and uh, n- no injuries certainly is not anything that should play a part on our, on our part in terms of preparation this week. Our of course being no.
1: Buckeyes. Well, Brandon Bowen uh, did break his uh, leg against Maryland, but Demetrius Knox, uh, the right guard, Brandon Bowen, that is, uh, Demetrius Knox got his first start uh, against Nebraska, and pretty much he is going to uh, be the one going forward to uh, take that spot. And then, as I mentioned earlier, Jalen Holmes, uh, Paris Campbell had a couple. Uh, Nick, Chris Worley was dealing with a mild uh, foot sprain and uh, tough Borland. Took his spot, uh, but Chris should be healthy. But that week off, everyone is uh, pretty much ready to go. as As far as we know thus far, uh, for Saturday.
0: Well, uh, you know, of course, me taking a look at that uh, at that secondary, uh, being very mindful. Uh, we looked a little weak uh, just as JT buried there early in the season, particularly against Oklahoma, who had his way with us. Um, how are they looking this week? Every everybody healthy, everything good for the secondary.
1: So far so good, yeah. Uh Denzel Ward, uh he's come a long ways. Pretty the uh, top corner uh for the Buckeyes and you also have uh Damon Arnett, um, Damon Webb as well. So those guys are uh ready to go. You know, they have uh, a tremendous task in front of them with Penn State, not just Saquon Barkley. Saquon Barkley is uh, right now without question the front runner for the um for the Heisman Trophy. But you also have uh, Trace McSorley back there as well as the quarterback that is a tremendous talent in and of itself. He you know, he throws to Saquon Barkley, but he also has Deshaun Hamilton as well, number 84, who is a tremendous, tremendous weapon for uh, Penn State. That's something and someone that I believe the Buckeyes have to, a great Seattle as the uh, defense coordinator, has to definitely uh, strategize for uh, this weekend.
0: Well, you know, as critical as I've been of J.T. Barrett, uh, you know, we can't forget about these last four games, uh, but guys putting up 55-plus points, uh, a lot of that is attributed directly to the, the the play of J.T. Barrett, which means at some point in time, if you just look at statistically at his numbers uh, and not, the, you know, what it looks like, uh, but uh, he's got to be in that conversation at some point in time. Uh, I think the Heisman... The race this year isn't as strong as it's been, you know, prior. Uh, Of course, we got the big fella down there and uh, Louisville, of course, looking at him as well. But uh, I think JT may be creeping up there a little bit. Uh, Of course, the kid from Penn State's got, you know, got his name on it right now.
1: Absolutely. I mean, the last five games, uh, you mentioned his numbers. Uh, 1,351 passing yards, 18 touchdowns, no interceptions in the last five games. He's throwing one interception all year. So that kind of goes back to the expectations of the Buckeye quarterback. And Irvin says it all the time. The quarterback gets too much blame and too much credit and success at, at the same time. You know, JT Barrett has been much maligned his entire career here in Ohio State. And as you look at his numbers, it's like, well, what's the problem? You know, he's continuing to get better. But as I stated earlier, it's the system. He's he becoming more and more comfortable each and every week in this new system. And I think it's nothing but uh, the sky, the sky being the limit for uh, JT going forward. Yeah,
0: I think he, he's got uh, some big games uh, coming up, and if he could have some big performances, uh, he might at least get an invitation to New York. We, we, we don't know. Uh, we can't say for sure, but certainly the stage is going to be there for him to perform And provided he's able to perform well and and we come out with victories uh, and we continue to promote him, um, he might get a shot. You never know. Um, But um, he's certainly uh, putting up the numbers. Perhaps if it was somebody else or or was a preseason pick uh, to be in the Heisman race, which I don't know why his name wasn't thrown out. I don't know why his name wasn't thrown out. There certainly uh, could have been one thrown into the hat. Um, that we might be looking at him as a a candidate. But, um, again, I'm going to be a homer this week for the Buckeyes and going to look forward to them uh, performing well. And um, hopefully JT will have an outstanding game. Uh, I think we need to take a break. You will listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. We're going to take this break, and uh, we'll be back.
2: internet flagship station for sports... America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga race Course. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money and they tell it like it is. I'm three, five one in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to be We're going to complete your internet flagship station for sports, Voice of America Sports.
0: All right, you hear the music, you know the show, you listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Philly living like, I'm sorry, I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. Been living in Philly for a long time, of course, then moved to Phoenix. Uh, got my man Willie G, Willie Gibson out of Columbus, give us some insight on what's happening back there in the state that means a lot to me. The OH is that state. and and uh appreciate that IO from Willie. So I uh, Will so let me ask you man um and this is going to sound extremely desperate, but that's how desperate I am to, to have a little feel good about uh another team that's near and dear to me and that is the Cleveland Browns who at least uh didn't win the game but tied the game. <laughs> you know, at least in regulation. Uh, And then, of course, um, uh, they lost to the Tennessee Titans. I think it was 12-9. Give me an update on the quarterback situation. In fact, I I can't believe, you know, know, they've got this chain on um, a man to keep pulling him. Uh, Give me some update on what's happening in the quarterback
1: situation here in Cleveland. Well, I'll tell you what, Ray, it's the best of times and it's the worst of times here in Ohio. You just talked about the best of times with the Buckeyes and here we are at the worst of times. Uh, Cleveland, the quarterback, Sean Kaiser, what's going on? Uh Hugh Jackson is feeling pressure, and he's one and twenty-two. Wow! In his, wow! I'm sorry, in his Cleveland Brown coaching career, one in fifteen last year, zero and seven this year. He's one and twenty-two, and so when you're one and twenty-two, it's all hands on deck. It's I got to get a win by any means necessary. And so this how you know Kaiser. Well, all off season, all training camp, he talked up the rookie quarterback. And this is my guy. This is my guy. I'm going to let him grow. You know, go get it. You know, because it was growing pains. Take his lumps. We're going to get him right. Now, when you're 0 six going into this game last week against Tennessee, and you see the the writing beginning to uh, be placed on the wall. And it's like I gotta, I gotta do something. So, and he, and he said it. He said as much. He said you cannot play in this league and turn over the football. The Kaiser's throwing the left. Blah, blah, blah. Well, he threw an interception, the very first play of the second half, fresh out of the locker room. And he, at that point, he was saw enough. He's he seen enough. So he, you know, he's taking a lot of heat for that because, you know, as you said, the rookie quarterback. You know, he, everyone appears like, listen, we. Let we gotta let that guy get some experience. He has to play and work his way through it. But again, and he was he he subscribed to that initially. But now I believe the tide is beginning to turn. The pressure is beginning to uh, be felt. Uh, Backside is getting a little tight in Cleveland, if you will. And uh, (laughs) (laughs) I think now it's, it's all a by any means necessary. Uh, he was, he needs a win and the worst win. Some think not even a win two or three will be enough to save his job. I think, they think pretty much now it's inevitable that, uh, uh, changes are made at the end of the season.
0: Well, you know, I, I, I will say this. Uh, I thought that, that he was, uh, serious about, you know, giving the young man a chance to play. And I, and I, you listen. Know, uh, I've been in a situation where uh, I got a chance to play, and when you get a chance to play, one thing you want you to do is you want your, your coach to believe in you and trust in you, and and hoping that your coach would allow you to become uh, a player who's who's allowed to take some chances and some risks to make big plays. That that's what you have to do. Most and uh, secondary, when when a defensive back is playing against an NFL quarterback and a wide receiver. You know, and anytime that there's an interception, the defensive back has made a, a judgment and and feels as if he can get to this ball. And if if he goes towards the ball and tries to make a play on the ball, if he doesn't, there's a chance that the wide receiver is going to catch that. And then, because all of the uh, force and weight and momentum of the player is going away from the, the receiver, if the receiver catches it, there's nobody behind him. So just as a quarterback, you know, is taking a chance, so do defensive backs. And, and it was always it was good for me. I remember a time when the Eagles played the Washington Redskins coming out of Ohio State. Of course, I was uh, a very aggressive corner who was then moved to safety. And, and I recall a time when we played the Redskins and a uh, member of the fun bunch, uh, Charlie Brown. You know, uh, a pass mm-hmm. was thrown to Charlie Brown, and, and I tried to take his neck off. I tried to close line him and and what happened was he ducked. He ducked and he probably ran for about forty yards for a touchdown after he ducked and I missed him. And I came in at halftime and the first thing our, our coach at that time, Marion Campbell, did was come directly to me, uh, pat me on my back and said to me, Hey Ray, that that's okay. It was I think it was my second start. Uh, he came say, Ray, that's okay, you know, keep it up, keep the aggressive us. I know what you was trying to do. You're trying to make a big play, don't don't give up on it. You know, keep going. And, and I think that's what, you know, early on, perhaps maybe when Deshaun maybe was throwing a couple of in, in, interceptions then, ha- if Hugh would have been there with some positive reinforcement, then it would have been okay. But when you start jerking the guy, then, then you know, he's going to be a little bit concerned about being aggressive and being the quarterback that he possibly could be because his confidence has been shaken now. So now that he knows he's got a quarterback that's going to yank him, you know, he's probably making some of these throws and some of these interceptions that perhaps maybe he wouldn't throw and he wouldn't make um, if, if he wasn't so nervous. There's, there's a nervous twitch in his throwing motion that could probably be detected if nobody else, he could certainly tell you about it. He could evaluate every throw that he made, and each time he'd throw it, he probably would tell you that he's throwing it not with the confidence but with the fear that oh mm-hmm. man there's a chance it's going to get an interception I'm going to get pulled and that's the last you don't want you don't want your your quarterback playing like that you want your quarterback playing with confidence but certainly I can say this at 1 and 22 <laughs> there's and 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 1 in 22 that means out of the last 23 games he's lost 22 that the writing is certainly on the wall for him I mean he can if he try he can't he can't turn that around there's nothing he can do so he's on his way no. out. So he might as well go ahead and let, let, let the young man play for the next regime. And he, that's he, he's certainly he's certainly on his way out of there. there. There's a and that's that, that's a shame because um, I, I think perhaps the young man, certainly has some talent. I, I've watched him play a couple times, and and he has some ability. He has some talent, you know. But he needs he needs help from not just you know the receivers. But the receivers can help in that too. First of all, the tip balls—the balls off your hand and somebody else is in it. You got to catch the ball, and and then not only that, when you're in a situation when it's you and somebody else, you got to make that a fifty-fifty ball, and the other fifty, if you don't catch it, is that the ground catches it, not that you let the guys intercept the ball. So and and you got to have a running game, you know. So there's there's a lot of work that they got to do up there, and. Uh, Hopefully they can get it done. What's the most promising aspect of the Browns team that you see, if anything at all, that they can build on?
1: Wow. Um, Honestly, (laughs) I don't know that there is. I think the promise is they have another high pick. Well, I I can't say that because the the issue is just the regime. You mentioned regimes earlier. And there's a lot of perceived infighting because – You know, we mentioned Hugh, and we've been talking about Hugh this entire time, and Hugh, Hugh, Hugh. Hugh is the coach. Hugh has no control over the 53-man roster. That's Sashi Brown, the GM. So it's like I liken it to uh, being mad at the, the chef for cooking a bad meal, but you provide him with substandard ingredients. You know, he can only go with what he has.
0: Well, that, again, I, I I'm going to agree with you that well, but we know that is the the, the fundamental the fundamentals of, of of the National Football League and the structure of how teams are built. You know, right. there's there's a right. protocol and certain people are responsible for doing certain things. So right, so they're gonna have to have to clean house. It won't just be you. They they need to the clean house. You know, last night I don't don't want to get ahead of myself, but of course, last night there was a fellow that everybody was watching, and I'm sure everybody in Cleveland thought, "Wow, that could have been our quarterback."
1: Yep, I'm I'm coming to that. That's exactly where I'm going. Carson Wentz. (laughs) the 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 story is the regime in Cleveland, the front office, determined that Carson Wentz was not a top twenty quarterback, and so they and that
0: was according to their that was according to their board. But one thing about this. A football fraternity is that, you know, when, when you're out on the road, when they're pro days, uh, you know, you're not the only person that's there. You're not the only team that's there. Several teams are showing up. Scouts are friends with each other. Coaches travel with each other. Scouts talk to each other. Everybody knows everybody. When there's a player that's down, somebody's hurt. They're looking for quarterbacks now. So, you know, they communicate with each other. So, Everybody knows what the earth other person feels. You have these talking heads on television all the time, and they're discussing about who's where on whose board. And I'm sure if he was projected to be high on on certain boards, it, w- it was talked about, and there's no reason why these guys shouldn't have been listening to what some other folks would say. Hey, uh, they're talking about this guy Carson Wentz. Why don't we take a look at him? It happens exactly. all the time.
1: Yeah, you're right, And, that, and that, but that's just it. Jimmy Haslam, the owner of the Browns, totally went against the grain. He he began to he wants to shake up the world, if you will. He brought in a a, a baseball analytic, analytics guy, Paul G. Podesta, and TV. a couple, right, a couple of uh, Ivy League attorneys, and they run the the front office of the Cleveland Browns. So there lies the issue. So you have a football guy in Hugh Jackson. Who wants football players, football guys, and you have the front office who is basically attorneys, then analytics, baseball guys, and so there's oil and water, and so um, you know, for, for example, they had two picks in the first round this year, and the coaches wanted Miles Garrett, they Miles Garrett, Miles Garrett, Miles Garrett, and he's been a tremendous player for them. So they got Miles Garrett. So when it became time for the number 12 pick, the front office said, no, we gave you guys number one. We're going to take this pick. You had Deshaun Watson sitting right there at 12. Hugh Jackson had communicated with Deshaun Watson, said, hey, be ready. But the front office said, no, we're going to trade down, get another pick next year, and there it is. And they took their quarterback in the second round. Deshaun Watson last week. Play the Browns and gave them three touchdowns. Beat
0: them 33 17. That's the situation again. Going, going in there, uh, again, there's, there's a disconnect. And, there, you know, there needs to be a chemistry with there where everybody's on the same page. You've got your board. Your board is what it is. And you go and draft according to your board. And you stick to your board. So you, it's basically, your board is your plan. You've got players on there. You've got them rated, you've got them ranked. And you don't necessarily go with the, you know, you go with the highest player that's available on your board. And, again, it, it shows some dysfunction within the organization. And uh, not going to have success until they get that together. We're going to have to take a break, and then we're going to come back. You're listening to Ray Allis Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. Got my man Willie G on with me, and we'll be right back.
3: Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice of America Sports. Who do you feel the most important person is on a sports team? Is it the captain, the star player, or the fan? While it could truly be any of these individuals, more often than not, it's the coach. Listen for a coach's spirit with hosts Blake Rockwell and Kendall Allen. A Coach's Spirit offers a look into the human side of coaching and a chance to learn from some of the most impactful leaders in the game. Tune in every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel.
2: Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel.
3: Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports.
2: America Sports.
0: All right, you hear the music, you know the show, you're listening to Ray Ellis Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, so living like it matters. And what matters to me, get my chance to be a homer and a team that gave me a chance to become a member of this fraternity, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles. I got a chance to play a damn good game last night and beat up on the Washington Redskins. Hey, Cousins, you like that? <laughs> I like that. <laughs> so let me get back to my uh, my uh, my other team up there. And got my, my, my man Willie G on with me, Willie Gibson, and uh, Willie, who was uh, giving me some insight on, on the Browns and the Anilates. You know, what, one thing about it, I, I will say this about uh, – again the environment and and you know the culture, you know, and what type of culture you're going to be and, and what type of information you're going to rely on. There has to be some some uh consensus with that. A lot there's a lot of guys in the scouting realm that I that I know that they don't always like to go to the analytics. You know, you can't measure a, a man's heart or how one plays, you know. Uh, Carson Wentz made a play last night, uh, that, you know, that, that you won't find a stat to show, you know, how he's able to, they may, they may start now taking stats that, you know, that when a quarterback is touched, you know, does he go straight to the ground? Does he give up? They they may come up with some of those, you know, they got better ball stats now. They got hurries now. They got, you know, a lot of statistical information they to try to use, uh, but but that man is, is is a fighter. I think that's an example last night, where you you see something like that, and you and you wonder how does um, how does that show up in a stat sheet? How do you measure that? You know, a, a person's will to win. You know, how do, how do you how do you how do you measure that? You know, how one performs under pressure. Again, uh, we we know Aaron Rodgers is one of those quarterbacks that if there's some time on the clock or Tom Brady, there's some time on the clock. Um, you know, Peyton Manning, back in the day, some time on the clock, you don't want to give them the ball with time left on the clock because, uh, you know, they just, uh, you know, it's not blood running through their veins, man. It's something else, ice. And, you know, right. they can come in and, and, and ice the game. But certainly, I think the Browns are going to have uh, to uh, certainly clean house. But there's another team in Ohio, too, who may have to do the same thing. Because, again, um, it looks like they had a very slight chance that they're going to get a chance to win that uh, AFC uh, uh, division. Uh, Stevens, of course, beating up on the Bengals. So what do, what do you think about the Bengals?
1: The Bengals are they are going to clean house as well, like you said. They're 2-4 and four right now. So, yep. I mean, that, that's not a recipe for success. I mean, the Steelers pretty much are probably more than likely be the only team to make the playoffs out of the AFC North. But, you know, they're, it's, it's, it's interesting how tied or joined at the hip, the Browns and the Bengals are, because Hugh Jackson, current coach of the Cleveland Browns, was the offensive coordinator for the Bengals prior to becoming exactly. coach of the Browns. Now, rumor has it that as you said, but they both have to clean house. When Marvin leaves Cincinnati, when Hugh leaves Cleveland, Hugh goes back to Cincinnati as the head coach.
0: Wow! Now, now that one I would find uh, very interesting. Uh, what I thought you were going to say is that when Marvin left Cincinnati, uh, I think Marvin um, certainly because of his record and not the fact, that, and that's just the wins, loss, not anything deep into the playoff because he hasn't been deep into the playoff, uh, probably right. would get another job. And I thought what they might do is reunite. Uh, I, certainly don't, uh, I certainly don't think that uh, Hugh would bring Marvin or that Marvin would accept a job as a, as a coordinator. Um, no. So that wouldn't be anything. That would be a step backwards for him. But uh, I can certainly see Marvin reaching out to Hugh if they have that kind of rapport and uh, and ask them to, you know, rejoin the team. Very simply to the way that uh, it happened with Belichick. Um, and once his uh, quarterback coach left um, and went out Justin to Denver Dicks. and had a, you know, a decent run at it, uh, decided to come back and reunite with Tom Brady. And, and you see what that has led to, the success that's led to for them. So, um uh, Do you ever see that happen? Do you ever see the fact that perhaps maybe that uh, that they would end up back together and and he working under coach down in Cincinnati,
1: but someplace else? I, I don't because, number one, I think Marvin's out at the end of the season. And the only reason Marvin hasn't been let go to this point is because he was still under contract. And we all know Mike Brown does not like to pay anybody for doing nothing. So right. he kept him online, kept him in the fold because he had one year left on his contract. And now once his contract expires, he won't be brought back. Um, does Marvin get another job? Uh, let see. 118, 106, and 3. And, this coach, and now it's not a bad record, but as you said, the playoffs, 0-7. No postseason success. So do you who who brings that in? When you have, you know, and this is just me throwing a name out, I don't know anything to this point, but Elaine Kiffin out there rebuilding his brand at Florida Atlantic. You have, you know, other coaches, younger, you know, Marvin, I don't know. I don't know that Marvin would be uh, first in line to get another job. Now, Hugh, I think, in the and only in the unique situation that he just left Cincinnati and that offense has not been the same since he left. I mean Andy Dalton was making pro bowls when Hugh Jackson was the in, in on that staff in Cincinnati. Andy Dalton is struggling like no other right now. So Hugh Jackson goes back there and, and and restarts and uh gets gets Andy Dalton and AJ Green going again as the head coach. I could see that. Now I don't know that, you know, Marvin Lewis this may be you know, his turn to sit out. You know, he, he may have to, you know, take a year, you know, do T V, what have you. I don't I don't know, but I definitely see a situation where if both are let go, Hugh goes to Cincinnati as the head coach.
0: Well I can certainly say that uh, there's probably more talent down in Cincinnati without a doubt. Uh you gotta think what Andy was working with when he was back there. Andy was working with uh two receivers. Uh, for a while there that probably both have Hall of Fame stats. You know, certainly um, T.O. was at the end of his career, but Ucho Cinco was was uh, still somewhat of a young man, very productive um, mm-hmm. when he was there. And so uh, it, it, that, that'll be an, an interesting take, but I, I think there's more more talent in Cincinnati. And if if, if Hugh finds his way back there, uh, perhaps maybe he, he could compete and and turn things around uh maybe the front office is a little bit different uh but again as you say that front office down there in cincinnati they don't like to pay people for doing nothing i, I certainly haven't seen them be very aggressive in free agency either
1: no no and, and you know that you know again mike brown his his i mean owners are in the business of making money and so you know Marvin Lewis. Yeah, but
0: you got a you got a salary cap, and you got a minimum and a maximum on that salary cap to spend, and so you, you know at, at least spend up to the minimum. Um, you know, uh, and I don't think he. I don't even think they do that.
1: So Listen, they they, they has, find
0: themselves with room under the cap.
1: Cleveland has the most room, most salary cap room right now in the NFL. They have a, have a in excess of forty million dollars in salary cap space. The Browns
0: and that, and and that just put, and that just shows you you know Cleveland's also got some of the most loyal fans that you can find and and so that money just goes into the coffer of, of the owners they they didn't they didn't spend it um so it goes in back into their coffers exactly so, but you know that's so true. perhaps maybe uh, winning is 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 not the ultimate goal for the um for either one of those teams there in Ohio but I certainly. I uh, wish it was pastor that India spend some time with the uh with the Cavaliers organization. Um, of course everybody doesn't feel so good about their front office but they found a way to win a championship. And uh, and you can see that they were um, they were they were willing to put their ego aside in order to win a championship because they had to do that to bring LeBron back. And uh, was willing to take the heat to get the championship. And uh, we don't see that creativity or that commitment from either of our football teams here in the state of Ohio.
1: No. No, you don't. And and the owners, I think a lot of it is ego-driven. It's it's, uh, the law of the lid. Everything flows down from the top. And you have owners that, first of all, Jimmy Haslam, I don't know him personally, but just looking from the outside, he... uh, uh, billionaire, was a a minority owner of the Pittsburgh Steelers and wanted to become a a primary owner of a team. Goodell kept him on the short list. And when Randy Lerner informed the commissioner that he wanted to sell the Browns, he called Jimmy Haslam. And you look at his moves, and we just talked about He's bringing in Ivy League attorneys and baseball analytics guys to... uh, Run a football program, and you went and we talked about you know quarterbacks and scouts, and how they know and everybody compares notes, and everyone talks in the same circles. They took a quarterback last year in the third round Cody Kessler Cody Kessler was by all accounts from the football side, not a good pick for the browns. Why did they take him in the third round because the analytical staff said that he was the number one quarterback in the draft. So they passed on Carson Wentz, they passed on Jared Goff, and they took Cody Cody Kessler. Cody Kessler now, for a a great portion of the season, was the third-string quarterback. He started last week because, Uh, I'm sorry, he came in in relief last week because uh, Kaiser threw two more interceptions. But that's the type of, those are the type of things that are going on in that front office in Cleveland. And no well, one, one thing that for angle. sure hasn't
0: hasn't done is he hasn't, uh, you know, stayed to his roots. You know, coming out of being a part of that being a part of that Pittsburgh organization, uh, you know, just simply, you know, create a, uh, an organization, an environment that's similar to one that's uh, got as many rings as anybody in in the league. And uh, certainly, uh, he didn't he didn't adopt that uh, work, uh, the style of work that they have there in, in Pittsburgh, and, and he's uh, he's suffered since then. Uh, certainly in terms of wins and losses and providing a, a good product for the fans there. We're going to take a break, and then we're going to come back and listen to Real of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters, and we'll be right back.
2: Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America
0: Sports. All right, going to be on the show. You're listening know, to Ray of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. What matters to me, this is my Homer Week. Uh, I, of course, got a chance to enjoy myself in the game, watching the Philadelphia Eagles take care of the Washington Redskins. And uh, now I hopefully will get a chance to watch my Buckeyes this weekend uh, against uh, Penn State. Hopefully we'll come out being very successful. It is in the shoe. And um, the shoes, of course, gives us that home field advantage. And, um... Hopefully uh, next week I'll be just as excited about the show as I am as this week. Well, we were talking a little bit about the, the, the Browns and the Bengals and obviously uh, them not willing to make that commitment to winning. Uh, Hassling coming out of that Pittsburgh organization, knowing what it takes to win after being a part of that um, and um, trying to be innovative in the world of sports. And, and approach it according to some fantasy league, but this is not fantasy football. This this is this is real football. And all, all the time, those those things that you put together, those numbers don't necessarily work. You've got to have some productive players out there on the field. And and and, and, and during the break, you and I were talking about a productive player, as uh, Joe Thomas, who uh, after and I forget how many games it is and how many plays it was, and he played consistently. Uh, is his season looks like it's over with.
1: Yeah, uh, 10,363 snaps consecutively wow. for a uh, Sunday. Yeah, that's unheard of.
0: Unheard and that's of. a man, uh, when you think about it in today modern days football where there's so much concern about concussions, you know, uh, this is a man who's in the trenches who's taking shots every play and has um, kept himself healthy. Uh, he looks like a you know a lean gentleman, too. Doesn't look like he's got a whole lot of body fat on him to be a big man. Uh, but also what's so impressive to me is that he's been voted by his peers. I think he's made nine straight Pro Bowls, and yet and still the team has been so bad. You know, they haven't had a great runner. They haven't had a great passer. So that tells me that, Joe must have been uh, coming up with a whole lot of pancakes with some big fellas on, the, on on the defensive line in order for him to get voted. I mean, why else would you be looking at a team that, that you know find himself in last place uh, the majority of time? He's been there on that team. Um, I'm thinking that's what he's been doing. It, you know, it definitely has been that he's approached his job every day with his hat in his hand and and ready to go.
1: And you're right; and he's loyal above all that, uh, and including. All of that, he's loyal. Uh, two years ago, he had the opportunity. Denver, John Elway, called and offered a first-round pick to uh, Cleveland for Joe Thomas. And uh, out of respect, out of deference, they they went to him and presented the deal. And he said, "No, I want to stay. I want to be a part of the turnaround." And that year, Denver wins the Super Bowl. So I mean, this guy has done nothing but lose his entire career through no fault of his own. As you said, he's a a perennial pro-, pro bowler and never missed a snap until Sunday. And to reject the opportunity to get out of town, go to a winner, and win the Super Bowl, I mean, that that tells you a lot about his character as well. Yeah,
0: that does, because um, particularly we're seeing a lot of it in basketball nowadays, you know, they, they can call them super teams or whatever you want, but certainly there are young men that are in search of a championship. Well, you know, they say when it's all sitting down, when the fellows are sitting around, you know, what separates, you know, you from others, and, and that's those, with you know, who got a chip. And if you got, you got a chip, then, you know, there's a different category you in. Just like when you're around Hall of Famers, there's a different category. You know, you go here, you did this, you did that, and then you got, you got that. And if you don't have that asterisk next to your name, it makes it a little different, but he certainly um is a is a young man who is uh, who is a who is a champion even though he may not have won a championship he's a champion for his character and his loyalty of which um you know speaks volumes because it's one of those situations whereas believe me if if his talent had diminished in somewhat and and he was not this this Pro Bowl player that he was, and there was an opportunity for them to trade him. Uh, there was an opportunity for them to trade him, and they did go to him with respect, but because of, I'm sure there was a lot of support for him there in the community. And But there are times where owners don't care, uh, you know, anything about that, and they make a move that's best for their business. And in this case, um, I have to give the Browns credit where credit is due. They, they were respectful, uh, I'm sure that I'm sure he didn't have a, a no trade clause in his contract. You don't find those in football, but out of right. respect for him, they they went to him and gave him uh, an opportunity. So, so let me ask you. Uh, I'm gonna change on you a little bit there, uh, Will, and I'm gonna ask you, man. There's some games coming up uh, this week. Yeah, anyone in particular that uh, that you're excited about seeing?
1: <laughs> you're asking me that. Number two, Penn State at number six, Ohio State. Oh, okay. So you,
0: so okay. That's at the college level, you know. I, yeah, I think. Oh, yeah. 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 Which
1: one?
0: Which one you got on your radar this
1: week? In the National Football League. In the National Football League, I'm looking at. See here, I was focusing on the college piece, but if you look at the upcoming schedule, uh, you know what it's for the wrong reason but it's Cleveland and Minnesota and London only because only because, is that because you
0: want to wake up is that because you want to wake up real early
1: <laughs> no no It's. it's uh i want to see who comes back on the flight from London uh, is, is there an
0: opportunity they might leave somebody there uh a couple of ball players the browns might leave them in Cle in london
1: i'll say this it's happened the last Three trips the NFL taking taken to London. The last three seasons, because now the NFL takes multiple trips to London each year. So now I do know the last three seasons a coach has not made it back from London with his job.
0: Oh, a coach Browns, has not made it back.
1: Yeah, if the Cleveland Browns lose this game, they will be 0-8 going into the bye week. And typically the bye week is when you make your changes.
0: Well, I don't think that they're going to be uh, the only team that's going to be 0 and 8. I think there's going to be a little bit of uh, company with them at that uh, at the cellar in the cellar. I think that uh, I think the Forty ers are going to find themselves 0 and 8 because they got to travel to Philadelphia. Oh,
1: that's And, a, and I, just, I, I agree with that. I agree with that. Yeah, I'm looking I, now, uh, a couple games on the back end, the Carolina at Tampa Bay is going to be, you know, Cam versus Jameis.
0: That's a good, that, that, I think that's a good game. I was definitely looking forward to seeing that one. Um, yeah. I was a little disappointed. Um, I think that's a one o'clock game Eastern standard time, it is. which, uh, it is. which means I, I, I may miss some of that. Um, but I'll, I'll, I'll catch the second half of that. Um, uh, but yeah, that, that, that's a good game. There was a couple of, uh, Last week I, you know the Broncos I'm looking forward to the Broncos this week uh, the Broncos are going to be on Monday night playing uh uh I believe they're they're going to be playing um on Monday night uh the chiefs against the chiefs. I couldn't believe right. that the Broncos uh took a beating from the l a Chargers
1: right and complete, then now complete talk is yeah talk is, is Trevor Simeon on the hot seat and not Paxton Lynch coming in, but Brock Osweiler. And for Browns fans, That's kind of a little chuckle that uh, Brock Osweiler, who, by the way, talking about the Browns and salary cap space, the Browns are paying Brock Osweiler sixteen, fifteen and a half million million to not play for them this year. Wow.
0: Yeah. Uh, One other game I find very interesting, too, is, uh, again, being a homer, following the Cowboys only because of Zeke. But uh, I guess Zeke got a blessing again. We'll be able to play this weekend, and the Cowboys are playing the Redskins. And um, they are. It, it was good to see two Buckeyes uh, in the game, the 49ers, of course, uh, against the Cowboys, and, and, and to see two uh, Buckeyes running the ball well in the
1: game. Right, Car- right. you mentioned the, the winless 49ers. Carlos Howard is quietly putting together a nice season, but you don't hear about it, A, because they're out there on the West Coast, and, B, they're 0-7. So you really don't right. hear a lot about him, but he's quietly putting it, and it's a contract year for it. So he's probably he doing it at the he, right he time.
0: He definitely looked good. Even though they lost, he looked good. He he did look good. So uh, I, I think there's another interesting game. The Steelers are going to be playing the uh, the Detroit Lions, and um, perhaps maybe um, Detroit might walk away with an upset because I'm sure that uh, the Steelers are um, mm-hmm. favored in that game. Uh, the Falcons, who just looked like they were still playing in the Super Bowl, uh, got beat up again. and uh, But maybe they can rebound this week where they got the Jets. We're about out of time. So we're, uh, we're about out of time there, Will, so we're going to have to finish this up uh, on next week's show, so everybody be sure to tune in. You've been listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix Living Like It Matters, and I'll see you next time, which will be the best time.
2: Thank you for spending this hour with Ray Ellis Sports. We hope that you've enjoyed today's conversation. For more information and to write Ray, visit rayellisports.com. That's rayellisports.com. Be sure to join us again next Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time, 4 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Voice America Sports Channel.